Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors, as this show would not be possible if it wasn't for them. Millie and Ma, the stylish and unique all-Australian gift boxes. Their ranges include corporates, him and her, babies, or you can design your own. Catch them today at www.millieandma.com.au. That's www.millieandma.com.au. And last but not least, RetroJet Prints. At RetroJet, they create unique, high-quality, retro-inspired artwork that's affordable. Designed by them for you to suit any setting. Find them today at RetroJet Prints on Instagram or Facebook. And now, let's start the episode. Got a bit carried away, Brendan. That's not like Brendan to get carried away, is it? No. What a time to be alive. Two to go. Disposal efficiency. Pressure point. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 67 of the Pressure Point podcast. What a round of footy, round of upsets on the weekend, wasn't it? Tipping was was terrible. It's been terrible all year, but this was taken to another level this week. Yeah. It was all over the place. You got about three or four, and um, yeah, it was just upset after upset. Started on Friday night, GWS knocking off Geelong with the, half their team out as well. At GMHBA, At, yeah. in Geelong. It was, um, it was crazy, and then... Um, I didn't want to touch on it. But then Gold Coast beating Carlton the next day. I'll quickly skip over that. And then North like, did a really good job against Richmond. Um, couldn't quite get out of the line. And then Bombers beating the Bulldogs. Like, some big upsets. Convincingly as well. Yeah. It wasn't a very tight game or Bulldogs were poor. Essendon were just great. Yeah, exactly. And then the Saints beat the Swans. So <laughs> probably, the, probably the biggest of the lot, that one. What, so what is happening this year it in was, football? It was crazy. Um, no one wants to really assert themselves, um, especially with finals around the corner. So... Bizarre, bizarre scenes, and um, I guess the Giants and the Bombers are probably the two biggest winners from the weekend, considering what they're playing for. Absolutely. Both of them are fighting for that top eight spot, and one sitting eighth and one sitting ninth at the moment. They're just going to win their last couple of games, which you'd imagine Essendon would do. I think for Giants, the big one coming up would be this Friday night against the Tigers, which, I hate to say it, I think they'll probably get us, get us over the line as an, well. an elimination final, that, isn't it? It is, yeah. Whoever wins this game gives himself another chance to still play finals this year, so... It's going to be interesting, but Essendon, I think, are the big one. Um, I mean, obviously, Giants taking on Geelong and beating them over there was huge, but I don't know if anybody saw Essendon um, beating the Bulldogs either, the way that they did, and big two-metre Peter kicking seven, and <laughs> we hate doing it on the podcast, but we've got to give Essendon credit. They're, they're looking like a great side. Yeah. No, I've had a few Essendon people um, message me saying to to give make sure I give Essendon a good rap on the podcast this week, and no, they absolutely deserve it. Um as you said, Peter Wright, seven goals. And they weren't just seven regular goals. They were goals, some big bombs from outside 50. And just the way he strikes a ball, it was um, it was beautiful to watch. Um, so he, that was clearly a breakout game for him. And he's actually had a pretty good season, but that was obviously his, his best game and definitely the game of his career. Absolutely. He flies under the radar a little bit. I mean, everyone's probably heard the nickname two-metre Peter, but probably doesn't get appreciated for the work that he does. But you can't go kicking seven and not be recognised now. So everyone will know exactly who he is and... Probably get a bit more attention from backlines now as well, but yeah, he's he played superb on the weekend. Yeah, what does that mean now though for the dogs and and the cats? Does that does that put them down a bit in terms of premiership calculations, or are they still still gonna? I mean, that, they're still gonna challenge it, but I don't know. Does it does it change anything in terms of predictions? Um, I don't think so too much. I reckon it stays pretty similar for mine. Um, a lot of good clubs towards the end of the year drop a game close to finals. Sometimes they need to drop a game just to sort of kick them up the arse a little bit. But 
Um, sometimes or sometimes they're just tired from a season and they sort of let these little ones go and then they reboot for finals. But I don't think it changes too much. I wouldn't be looking into it a yeah. whole hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah, no. Nah. I think the dogs, well, actually, the dogs and cats. I still think probably play off in the grand final, just given their form on a, as a whole. But then watching Melbourne um, last night were pretty impressive out in the west as well. So I think I think the premiership's going to come out of those three teams. Um, they've probably been the three best all season consistently and. It, it, it's great. It's a really wide open, not only finals race, but also premiership race as well. Absolutely. Well, you talk about Melbourne having a really good game. The scoreboard says they won by nine points. Yeah. But you've got to remember, and we'll touch on this briefly as well, that they had a break midway through the third quarter for a lightning mm. um, strike that no, was, was potentially going to come. Five minutes into the last quarter. Five minutes into the last What did I say? You said halfway through the third quarter. Did I? Yeah. Well, I don't know where I got <laughs> that from. I meant into the last quarter. Yeah. Five minutes into the last quarter, and they were 30, 30 odd points up. Yep. Pretty convincingly going to win. And I'd have to imagine that if they didn't take that break, that they probably would have just kept going with the momentum that they had. But all credit to West Coast for fighting back and drawing the margin closer. Yep. Um, but I don't think Melbourne would have let that happen if it was a, um, the game never got put on hold. West Coast were terrible until um, they got back from the lightning break. Absolutely. Because they, they, were, they were terrible all night until, um, yeah, until, <laughs> until uh, yeah, Melbourne's momentum got stopped from the, from the break and they came out firing after that. But apart from that, they were pretty poor. Um, but yeah, Melbourne back on top of the ladder now, and two weeks left, they could have, they could win the minor premiership, and um, who would have thought that at the start of the season? So they're flying and, and doing really well. They've got such a good defence as well, which which holds up every match. Um, shall we talk about the big talking point from the weekend? Probably the biggest, um, probably one of the biggest all season is Tex Walker, the racism from a Sandville game uh, over the weekend. Not good. Definitely needs to be touched on. It's um, if we thought the Alistair Clarkson story was probably the biggest of the year, this would just about trump it. You've got an ex-captain of a football club, um, a senior, a senior player, a leader, a guy that's been in the game long enough, played with enough Indigenous players, would have had all the training in the world about different cultures and how to treat everybody equally and all the rest of it, because you know that that happens within AFL clubs. Um, and then for him to come out and say what he did against young Robbie Young, it's um. Yeah, disappointing doesn't even really cut it um, as a word. And he did have the apology. What, what did you make of the apology? It was interesting. Um, like, I like that he came out and, and was obviously very emotional and, and remorseful, but oh, it was just a bit awkward having, like, Robbie Young sit right near him. And, um, like, this should, have been, this should have been about Robbie Young and not really about Tex. Um, it was almost like a... It was almost like you had to feel sorry for him, but you shouldn't because he was the one that... Did a, did a disgusting thing. So, I don't know, it was a bit weird, but I'm, I'm glad he came out and said something. I'm glad he was emotional and, and obviously he's taken a lot of responsibility for it, and which is good. But, yeah, it was just a bit bit weird, that, that interview. Yeah, it was it was a weird one to watch. Like, I think weird is the perfect word for it because you had Robbie Young sitting behind him and then early on he starts consoling Tex because mm. Tex is getting emotional and it's a bit like, well, hang on, why are you consoling him? Mm. Um, it's good, it's brave of Robbie Young to be there. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad he was, I'm, I'm glad for Tex and I'm glad for himself that he was, you know, able to put himself in that situation to be there and try and grow from this, um, or help others grow, I should say, not that he needs to grow, but grow from this situation. But yeah, I thought there was no need for him to be consoling Tex. I mean, Tex is the one that's done wrong here. Yep. Um, he's just, coming out and apologising, even though it did look like he was reading everything off a teleprompter the whole time. Mm. But, um, I mean, look, he probably did write down what he wanted to say so he didn't muck it up on live TV. So I don't blame him for doing that. But, yeah, it was a strange one. I'm glad he's apologised for it. But, geez, I don't know if six weeks is a long enough ban. I think it should be a lot longer. Um, 
I know when yeah when fans get caught out called out for racism at the footy they get you know two year ban or even a life ban. So for him to only get six weeks, I, know, I think for me anyway, I think it should have been a twelve month. If we really want to stamp racism out and really really make a point of it, it had to be more than more than that. That's for sure. Oh, 100 percent. And you know what? Even if they then say well, we have to go into an investigation for this because you're not going to just suspend a player for 12 months. Well, so be it. It happened. We had a witness. Someone reported it. It's obviously happened, so mm. there's no concern there, um, even if you're going to go to those extra lengths. But, yeah, absolutely. If a, fa- if a spectator can do the same thing but get you know triple the time, yep. that's not fair. You, it shouldn't be less racist because a player said it. If yep. anything, it's not more racist. If anything, it is more racist, sorry, because of all the training they've got and yep. the understanding that they have. For them to still say something like that means it's obviously the message isn't sinking in. No. And it makes me question when Tech said, I'm taking some time off to re-educate myself and all that. I'm like, well, well how racist are you? You mm. need to be re-educated. <laughs> yeah. How, how, yeah, I don't know. It was baffling to me. Look, I'm glad he's remorseful. Um, I'm glad the apology was made. I thought it was a good thing that Robbie Young was there for himself um, and for the public to see that um, he's not holding a grudge. And you know, Because I feel like that just causes more issues. It shouldn't because he has every right to hold a grudge, but I feel like with some in some circles it will, so I'm glad he was there for that reason, but Tex definitely should have got more time. Yep, yep, absolutely. Should have been a, a longer one, and there's doubt over whether he will play again as well, so um, yeah, whether he'll ever be welcomed back into the Adelaide Football Club, is, um, yeah, time will tell, but yeah, definitely should have been a lot more, and, um, yeah, and I'm, glad, I'm glad a lot of players and staff and officials have come out and, and condemned it as well, which is, which is good, so... Um, but yeah, let's move on from from that, and let's talk about Toby Green, Joel Selwood, the MRO. What the hell has happened there? This has to be the biggest joke. This MRO system that we've had in for a couple of years now, we'll do however however long it's been. Sorry, is it's going to be the biggest joke going around? Toby Green, I understand why there was a suspension there, but let's be honest. Considering Bailey Fritch got away with doing the same thing earlier this year when going to the tribunal, fought it and got off completely, why bother putting Green there for two weeks other than the fact that his name is Toby Green? Um, I still think the action doesn't... I, th- I think maybe give him a week, but that's just me. I don't think you need to swing an elbow when trying to fend off a tackle. But the fact that Joel Selwood's bump is going completely unmentioned in the media, um, it was just a fine, when he's ran past the ball, didn't even attempt to bend down and cleaned up someone's head... The fact that they say they're trying to stamp out head-high hits and, and, you know, protect the head and then let him off like that, it, it, it's contradicting itself. Yeah, it's one of the most... For me, I think it's the most baffling and um, confusing MRO findings I've seen in a very long time. Toby Green, yeah, you want to stamp out the elbowing and the fending off, but I think that was, that was just a free kick. Nothing more than that. Nothing more or nothing less. And then you got... Joel Salwood, who I feel like any other player in the competition would have got at least a couple of weeks for that. Oh, without doubt. It's, it's Mason Redmond got a week yeah. for a dangerous tackle, which, mind you, should have been holding the ball. You got a week for a dangerous tackle, which, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm all for the dangerous tackle rule, but I don't think it was a dangerous tackle. There wasn't much he could have done in that situation other than what he did do. And then Salwood to get nothing, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. And this is why a lot of people don't like Joel Salwood because he gets away with things like this and um, and gets a lot of free kicks for something if someone did that to him or, or a lot less you'll get a free kick for. So, yeah, it it's not great. It's not great at all. Um, I feel sorry for Toby Green because I actually really like him. I think, I think he's a fantastic player and um, he's a bit misunderstood 
Um, but jeez, oh, he's an excitement machine, Toby you, Green. You can't. But you just can't have certain rules for certain players. No, and tell me if I'm mistaken, but is the rule gone now? Where if you've had priors that year, if you've had a bad reputation, like a bad history with the MRO, that that comes into consideration? Isn't that completely scrapped now? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent. I mean, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be scrapped, but then it. Look, Toby it has done some things in the yeah, past absolutely. that definitely warrant, like from yep. the eye gouging to, you know, kicking someone in the face. There's definitely things he's done that warrant the reputation that he has, but you still have to adjudicate what he does the same way that you would any other player. And that's yep. the same for Selwood when he gets off with these things. You can't favourite certain players because you're not going to stamp anything out. Yep. Do you think there's any players out there now that are going that are even thinking twice about doing what Joel Selwood did because they go, oh, well, mm. You're not going to get any yeah, time for it. Exactly right, and that it sets a precedent for yeah for anything else that happens now. So oh, it, it, they've they've missed an opportunity there, the AFL to really um, to really make a stand and, and show that they are serious on these head high contacts. So it's for me that was I was actually very very frustrated with that over the weekend. Very it made me very upset. I was fuming, and because what they'll do now is. If someone does the same thing as Joel Salwood's done two weeks from now and just say he gets suspended for the first final, they'll show footage of what Joel Salwood did and said, well, he got a fine and he mm. did the exact same thing. It has to be a fine for me. Yep. And it does. It has to be because you can't do one for one, not the same for the other. Yep. Toby Green, he'll show the footage of Bailey Fritch earlier in the year yep. and I reckon he'll get off. Yep. I hope he doesn't because we've got the Giants on Friday night. Mm-hmm. But yep. He'll probably get off um, because of what the adjudicated in the past, which... Rightfully so. Yeah. But for letting Salwood off for what he's done, they haven't thought about the future there. They, no. I reckon they've just seen Joel Salwood and I thought, nah. No. He's all right. Yeah, it's not good enough. Not good enough. And and yeah. it doesn't matter about the result of the player either, by the way. No. I don't think it should matter about no, the result. No, absolutely not. Because, it should be the action. yeah, Dangerfield went to jail. Oh, jail. Jeez, that'd be, that'd be went interesting. Went to jail. Went to hospital. Um, that'd be interesting if he went to jail for getting a knock from Toby Green. <laughs> he went to hospital um, after the Green hit. But... You're telling me if he got hit slightly a little bit to the left and didn't go to hospital, that mm. they'd, they'd still be looking at it the same way. And that's yeah. going to be what happened with Selwood. The, set, the player Selwood hit got up, but it's beside the point. Mm. You've got to act it as, if, as if he didn't get up. It's the action. What could happen? Exactly, yeah. the action. So if you um, king hit someone and they get up straight away and they're fine, well, you don't get anything for it. Well, that's, that's, it's, it's that's exactly the it's argument silly. that has to be made, yeah. doesn't it? It's silly. Anyway, let's move on before we get... Too caught up in it, um, but while while emotions are high, I, wow. I believe you've got a, an umpire rant that you want to uh, get off your chest. I'm firing at the moment. I was watching <laughs> last night's game, and it was I'm going to say it was giving me the absolute shits. The umpiring inconsistency that we've seen all year is an absolute joke, and something has to be done about it because I saw the same action adjudicated different ways multiple times last night. For starters, deliberate out of bounds. Is it deliberate or is it insufficient attempt? Because I've seen it adjudicated both ways in the last five, six weeks, and it's going to be one or the other. It can't be both. Secondly, I saw a new rule in a Richmond game a few weeks ago where apparently if you opt to kick off the ground, it's automatically deliberate. Well, when was that made a rule? You can't just make them up as you go. Then last night, you see uh, Jack Darling take a mark. You saw this one as well. Jack Darling took a mark, fell to ground, the opposition player from Melbourne starts fumbling around with on the ground, refusing to give it back quickly. That's 50 metres. If he's not giving it back straight away, that's 50 metres. Then when Darling's teammate went up to go push the Melbourne player off the ball, the umpire tells him off and says, you're slowing the game down. You want to talk about slowing the game down? 
Mate, it's an absolute joke. And don't get me started on the goal umpires and boundary umpires. If you can't tell, if you can't have two people look at the footy and tell if the ball's crossed the line or not without going to the, uh, the arc, get a new job. Or let's just invest in better cameras, sack all the goal umpires and just have cameras. Because I'm sick of every time the ball crosses the line, they're going to do a goal review. And not only does it give the opposition time to set up, you saw it, it went through from behind. Instead of Melbourne getting a quick back entry, uh, you know, can't even speak now, getting out of the back 50 quickly, they had to wait. West Coast completely set up. And it changes the game. The AFL keeps saying how much they want to speed the game up because it's too congested. This is slowing it down. Your own rules are slowing the game down and making it worse. And it's hard for umpires to adjudicate because they don't know what's going on. And it's apparent that they don't know what's going on. They can't do anything consistently. And it's the most frustrating. They're ruining the game. As simple as that. They're ruining the game. It's hard to watch. And I've had enough. And this isn't just for Richmond games. You even asked someone who was watching the Richmond game with me the other day. They paid an awful free kick awarded to Richmond against North Melbourne. And I was losing it, even though it was out, went our way, because it wasn't a free kick. And it's just mm. frustrating to see, because I know what that would be like for the opposition fans. So they've got to either make the rules more black and white, make them clear, or, I don't know, more training. I don't know what they have to do, but something has to be done. Cause I don't think they've ever been as bad as they've been this year. Yeah. You've been hot on them this year. You um, really have. Because they're frustrating. Yeah. And I always thought it was just because I'm a Richmond supporter and we, you know, we've all been complaining this year to Tigers fans. But I watch a lot of mutual footy as well, obviously, to do this podcast. And it's it's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. I mean, you'd know, but you'd know as well that it's bad. I'm just probably more fired up about it than, yeah. than most. But it's it's not yeah. good, is it? It's not good. Nah, that yeah, there was there was a lot of dubious ones last night that I was I was frustrated. I don't even go for any of the teams, and I really got got really frustrated by it. So, um, yeah, it's an ongoing issue, isn't it? I think the umpiring last year was bad. They were copying it a lot, and then this year it's just gone to another level. So, something needs to be done there. Um, whether it's education, more training for them. Or just leaving the rules alone and just letting them settle on the rules. Um, so it's it's a tough one. But I know Tom Morris said that the rules have never been left alone. Mm. And I'm on that now. I'm all for that. But let's make them black and white. Yeah. Let's not make the rules confusing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like like I said before, if yeah. it's deliberate out of bounds, that's fine. Make it deliberate out of bounds. Not insufficient attempt. Yeah. That's two different things. You know what I mean? You can kick it out of a pack and just hope it goes as far as it does from the opposition and it bounces out of bounds. Well, you haven't done that deliberately. It's just bounced that way. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, it's confusing. And quickly touch on the MRO because I forgot about this, but I want to go back to it now as well. To talk about how much of a joke the MRO is, on the weekend, and this isn't just because it's about Richmond, but on the weekend, Trent Cotchin was fined for making careless contact with the umpire. However, Jed Anderson was also fined for pushing Trent Cotchin into said umpire. How can both get fines yeah. there? If Cotchin's been pushed, how is that careless contact? He got pushed into him. Jed Anderson's got to wear that fine. If you're going to find Cochin for careless contact, Jed Anderson shouldn't get a fine. You can't find both. It contradicts itself. Yep. How thick in the head are you? How much? I know they've lost money this year, the AFL, but that's ridiculous. Mm. Am I wrong? No. Thank you. No, okay, you're good. not. You're not. Good. It's just, I just, I, I love your answer. They're great. And I just sit back and enjoy it. But I just can't find the hand know, goes through their head. I know. It's, um, that one, that one was, was ridiculous. Uh, how, how can anyone with half a brain honestly yeah. sit in the MRO and go, oh, Cochin's made contact with the umpire, we better fine him. But he didn't do it on purpose because Jed Anderson's clearly pushed him. So we'll fine Jed too. Yeah. But one or the other. I don't yeah. mind that Cochin got a fine, but you can't find Jed. Mm. And if you're going to find Jed, you can't find Cochin. It's yeah. gonna, one or the other. Yeah. It's ridiculous. There's too many issues coming from the MRO. Um, and then something needs to change um, now that that head of footy role is up for grabs in the AFL. Whoever takes that role really needs to shake that up, I think. 
Tell you what, a body ant could do a better job than yeah. Steve Hawking was doing, I reckon. He, he, I don't know. He did some good things to the game, but some things are just so questionable. Yeah. And I'm hoping that they get fixed because it's frustrating to watch as a fan. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on from your emotional states and uh, let's talk about some retirements. <sighs> I mean, speaking of emotional states, this is probably not going to change anything when we talk about retirements. <laughs> um, you were shedding a tear just before we started recording. Jeez. Let's, let's we'll let you touch on Let's touch on the other two before I get um, before I, I mention the other one. Tom Rockcliffe and Stephen Hill both retired. Both men absolute stalwarts. Um, Rockcliffe obviously started his career at Brisbane, was was great at Brisbane, then moved to Port. Couldn't win that flag, but um, had a great career. Um, and then Stephen Hill just injury riddled his whole whole career, wasn't he? And he's still career. got 215 games out of yep. a completely, like you said, injury-ridden career. Yep. It was... Um, it was fantastic to be able to play that much footy considering all the injuries he had. So it just shows how tough he was. Yep. And they're both going to go down as, well, I mean, <coughs> obviously Rockcliffe from both clubs, but they'll both go down as legends. Yeah, for sure. Those clubs. And then the big one um, is Mark Murphy. For me personally, my favourite player growing up, well, yeah, since he started from 2006, um, idolised him, played footy like him. Um, well, I tried to anyway. <laughs> Jeez, that's ambitious. <laughs> I, I, I idolised him. I modelled my game around him when, when I played and wore the number three and um, wanted to get the same haircut as him, just look look exactly like him and, and play like him. So he was he was my idol and, um, yeah, very sad day that he's going to be retiring this week in his 300th game. I'm glad he got the 300. Um, absolute champion of the footy club. He's going to go down as a Carlton legend, a Carlton great. He was our captain through our darkest period as well and um, as loyal as anyone to ever play the game. He had a lot of offers to go elsewhere to win premierships and, and he stayed with us um, through some dark times. And um, he's, Yeah, his best footy was definitely in his early early parts of his, the middle part of his career. 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013 were Murphy at his peak. I think a lot of people forget that. They're very quick to just judge him on his recent form where... He's had a lot of injuries, but everyone forgets the years um, in the early 2010s where he was um, dominant and arguably the best player in the game. 2011, All-Australian, best and fairest, won the Coaches Association Player of the Year, um, almost won the Brownlow in that year. So he, w- he was super. Um, yeah, very sad day. It's an end of an era. Um, and yeah, if any Murph bashers out there, feel free to come at me because uh, I'll be more than happy to argue with you. Because um, I love him and definitely one of the my one of my f- most favourite players of all time, that's for sure. Um, I want to apologise to Tom Rockcliffe and Stephen Hill for not giving him as much as a rap as you just gave Murph, but you, you have been all over Murph for a long time and saying the fact that people were quick to forget how good he was and what he did for the club um, in recent times, especially with his you know lack of form and um, probably just been his body. Just his body. Yeah. He's gotten older as well and he's just struggled a bit more than what he has. But you, you're right. You, you've been saying it for a long time. Um, you know just how much. People forgetting what he gave for the club. And even I remember as an opposition fan, I never liked round one when Murph was playing, because especially in that era, because he was very good and he yep. uh, he caused a lot of damage, especially when he was running alongside Judd in that midfield. Those The two of them were unstoppable. Yep. So it is going to be sad to see Murph leave the game. Um, I think it is the right time, though. Yeah, absolutely. His body's, his body's cooked. Um, and, yeah, he obviously hasn't been able to, to finish the way he probably would have liked to have finished. But... Um, yeah, he, he's, had a, he's had an outstanding career and um, obviously, yeah, team success hasn't been something that he's been able to achieve. But, um, but yeah, he's taken us to a few final series as well and um, had a couple of finals wins there. 
Um, but yeah, he's been he's been outstanding for the footy club, and yeah, as like I said, going to go down as a Carlton great, Carlton legend, and um, yeah, I guess forever in our hearts, Murph. Um, and yeah, I'll uh, I'll definitely miss him. For those that just started listening at that point of the podcast, he hasn't died; he just retired. So <laughs> feels like they die when they retire, don't it? They? Does a little especially bit. when it's I mean, especially when it's a player you've followed for what, fifteen years. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it does. It does have that. You have that emotional attachment to these players, and I guess yep. that's why we love the game so much because you are drawn to the. Not only the spectacle, but the players, the personalities, the things they've done for your club. So completely can can completely relate and understand. Yeah, and it's more and and it's because it's a lot of opposition supporters don't watch Carlton as closely as obviously Carlton supporters would, and they don't see how much how important Murphy is and how good he's been, or they just look at his last couple of years and be like, oh no, he's shit. So I think sticking up for Murph and a lot of us, a lot of us do. It's um. Yeah, it, ma- it makes you more emotional towards it. So um, he'll be missed, and um, yeah, thanks for thanks for the memories and thanks for your contribution to the footy club. Absolutely. Before we get back to our regular scheduled programming, I want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Capital Edge. Capital Edge is a boutique company set up to help you build a property portfolio quickly and effectively, whilst minimising any direct out-of-pocket costs. They implement strategies to help reduce your payable tax and avoid the common pitfalls of property investment. The simple difference with Capital Edge is that with any investment you make, it's all about you. Capital Edge, educating clients to make informed property choices using research-based processes. That's it. All right, enough of Murph <laughs> before I start crying. Anyone else retired before? <laughs> I think, was it? Those three? Jeez, when I retire, I'm going to ask you to do, give my uh, retirement eulogy, yeah. if that's what you want to call it. Because you, like you do it? a good job. That was good, you do. wasn't it? You yeah. do a good job. You get emotional about it. It's I think I did, like. a, did one for Kate Simpson last year as well. You did one well. for Simo. And you Cruz. Yeah. I can say Cruz was the other one you've done yeah. for, but they finished at the same time. Yeah, and hopefully I don't have to do one for Eddie Betts in a couple of weeks, but can, we'll see. Can you do one? I know it's delayed, but can you do one for Richo? I know it's <laughs> been 10 years, but can you do one for Richo for me? I don't have the love like you do, so. I'll write the words. You just read them out. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on to some, some local footy. Let's, let's. I wanted to touch on this because, well, playing local footy myself, it's uh, a problem that's starting to arise and the inconsistency and then um, the lack of games that we've played due to COVID and all the lockdowns we've had in Melbourne. Obviously, local football does not go ahead here in Victoria. Um, it's been tough to get a full season in and we've, we've barely got that. And some leagues are talking about or considering just scrapping the seasons altogether. Other leagues are considering their next games being grand finals. It's... It's all over the place. I just want to, you know, not thoughts and prayers, but, you know, thinking of all the, the local footballers out there that, you know, didn't quite get to get the seasons in that they wanted to and how tough it is for some of these local clubs that have lost a lot of revenue. Um, you know, and a lot of clubs do home game functions and things like that. And when you miss these games, it, it can hurt local football clubs and they rely on a lot of volunteers and things like that. So it's um, if you're a part of a local football club, stick fat with them and try to support them as much as you can because, you know, obviously... AFL footballers don't come from – they only come from local football event, you know, at one point in time. So support these clubs where you can because, yeah, they're, they're going through it at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Well said. Thank you. That was a nice eulogy Thank as you. Well. I've got yeah. a tear just saying <laughs> nah, very good. Very good. All right, let's move on to round 22, the uh, second last round of the season. Jeez, that's um, scary to say. Time of recording, though, these games haven't been locked in um, schedule-wise. Um, but all these games will go ahead. We just don't know where and when just yet um, with COVID just causing absolute havoc um, all, all over, all all over the country, pretty much, except for WA. Um, every state at the moment's dealing with some sort of COVID outbreak that will um, 
we'll just we'll run through the games in no particular order, I guess. But I think we do know GWS and Richmond is going to be Friday night. Is that, yeah, is that correct? Yeah, that's yep. going to be Friday night that's at the Marvel. One, the only one we do know yeah, so at, far. At Marvel Stadium, the Giants yep. put in a request not to play at the MCG, which is completely fair enough. Yep, is, I mean, they, yeah, well, nah. they want to give Richmond a home Absolutely. game when it's there, so yep. that's completely fair enough. So that'll be played Friday night at Marvel Stadium. Yep. Uh, um, they must might as well start there then. Well, they must have yep. forgotten what happened last time when we played them down there. That's right. Yeah, it was at Marvel, a, wasn't Richmond it? had a clutch win, so yep. I think the things are very different at the moment, though. I think the Giants are probably... I think I think they're just looking better. They're in better form. I mean, it's hard to hard to judge Richmond after a win over North Melbourne, who arguably could have put us away in that first half, mm. um, compared to a side that went over went up to Geelong with half their team out and won. So yeah. it's going to be tough. I'm going to say I think Giants will take this one, but I hate saying it because I'm a Tigers at heart. You know that. But yeah, no, Giants. I think will win this one, and if they win this, I think they'll uh, they'll play finals. Yeah. Yeah, I think Giants will win as well. Um, they were very impressive last week. And I think as good as Richmond were in that third quarter, um, I still think there's a few issues there. And I think you're still missing key players, too many key players. Um, I can miss them all if you want. Yeah, no, I mean, don't worry. I know. Tom, you've told <laughs> me that many times. Um, so, yeah, I think Giants win um, that game. Um, Brisbane-Collingwood. This is scheduled for the Gabba, and I believe it should go ahead of the Gabba. I think it will. I think yep. Brisbane are out of their lockdown now, yep. um, if I'm not mistaken. So this one should go ahead at the Gabba, which is good. Good for Brisbane, get yep. their home game back, which I love. And I can't see Collingwood doing any sort of damage to them up no. there. Brisbane looked great last week, back back in some form. Big win yep. over Frio. So, yeah, I think Brisbane for mine as well. Uh, Geelong at St Kilda, down in Geelong. Yeah, geez, Geelong are having a good home run final, aren't they? Yeah. home game final. I, mean, I can't even speak, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, but geez, you wouldn't want to play Geelong this week after last week. No, no. So. And St Kilda haven't given me any sort of hope to think that they could do this no. against Geelong, so Geelong for me. Yeah, Geelong as well. Gold Coast and Essendon at Metricon. Jeez, oh, I want the Suns to win here to knock Essendon out of finals, I but mean, I can't see it happening. It would be good, but no. Essendon were unbelievable last week, as we spoke about earlier, so they should get the job done there, and they're odds on to play finals. They just need to win their last two games. And you'd imagine they would with the fixture yep. that they've got. They've got Gold Coast and then Collingwood, yep. I believe, last round. So I think they will, and they'll start by yeah, knocking off the Suns. Yep. Uh, Hawthorne and the Bulldogs down in Tassie. I like Tassie games. Mm. They've been well, going well. Well, the Tassie game last week did get moved to the MCG, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be anticipating this, or I wouldn't guarantee this to be in Tassie anyway. Why well, wasn't moved? I wasn't sure. I mean, there was a, a mini outbreak in Tassie. Oh jeez, yep. must have been two people got it. <laughs> yeah. There's only about 10 people their, there, Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, that's probably their population. <laughs> so, yeah. I hope this is in Tassie. It's always good watching footy down there, and Hawks do love it, but... Hawks are in form. They're in form. They're in form. I just... I think the Dogs are going to bounce back after an unexpected loss against Essendon, yep. and so close to the finals, two rounds out now, I think they'll get the job done. Yep, yep. Dogs as well. Melbourne and Adelaide at the MCG. Um, D's. Yeah, you can't make Quite any easily. case for Adelaide, especially yep. after the turmoil they've had this week. Yep. North Melbourne and Sydney at Marvel... A good game, this one. I think this will be a good game, although I think similar to the Bulldogs, Sydney will be looking to bounce back after an unexpected loss to the Saints, and they'll be firing. Yeah. And I think Buddy's going to kick a few as well, because he's. Yeah. I don't think he'll kick the 1,000 this year, but he's getting close, he'll and I reckon he'll, he'll put a few on the board, I reckon. Yeah. So Sydney for me. Yeah, Sydney as well. Port Adelaide and Carlton and Adelaide Oval. Port Adelaide, um, moving on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, sorry, it's at Adelaide. I can't give can't give you guys a sniff. I'd love to see you guys get up for Murphs. No, that's what I mean. 300, yeah. though. But yeah. yeah, I mean... Yeah, I don't expect us to win either, um, given what we've dished up lately, but um, just put in put in some effort for Murph. Just he deserves it. 
um, just play play in the spirit, play in the effort that he's played in his whole career, and um, yeah, serve him serve him well and um, finish off well for him. But yeah, can't see us beating Port at Adelaide Oval. Well spoken. Rest in peace, Mark yeah. Murphy. <laughs> Um, last game, Frio and West Coast, the the derby, as they like to call it. Derby, derby. I think it's what is it? Derby. I don't know. I say derby. I don't know. I say both. To be honest, I just yeah. mix it up. depends on, Depends on what the weather's doing. I mix oh, it up. I like derby. Yeah, let's say derby. Derby. Derby is what we're using on the Pressure Point podcast yep. from now on. <laughs> this is a huge one because if Frio, if Frio win, are they still a sneaky chance? Because they're the same. I think they're sitting the same as Richmond at the moment. So if Richmond are a chance, mm. why wouldn't Freo be? Yeah, it's good. Their percentage isn't quite where Richmond's is at, but they went from eighth to twelfth in one round. That's what I mean. I think if res- if they win and some other results do go their way, they're still a chance. Yeah. So both mathematically, teams, they're a chance. They're yeah. both teams are fighting for a spot, a potential yeah. spot in finals. West Coast, you'd imagine, would be a lock. But if they lose the next two games, they're every chance to fall yeah. out of the eight West Coast. So it's going to be huge. I'm going to go West Coast. Uh, I think they're just a better side, and it's both home game, both a home game for them, I guess. So I'm going to yep. go West Coast for that reason, but I wouldn't be surprised if Freo played some good footy and got the job done either. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game, but I think West Coast have got a few injuries now. They copped a couple last night as well, so I'm going to go Freo. I'm going to go Freo, and we'll see what happens with that final eight race because yeah, West Coast I think have Brisbane in the last round, so they do. Yeah, they're a big chance not to even make it. Um, all right, that is all the games for round 22. As we said, none of them have been fully scheduled in yet, but um, I'm sure we'll, we'll find out about that either today or tomorrow, I'd assume. Otherwise, it's going to be pretty late. Leave it at late. Well, I mean, yeah. Friday night's already sorted, so they've yeah. probably got given themselves an extra day by getting that one done. But um, as a but player, yeah. I guess, you, you, you sort of want to know where you, yeah. when you're playing. Yeah, I mean, you? yeah. for the preparation that they would have to be doing for the week ahead. Exactly. Um, it's not like a local footballer. <laughs> no. You can just find out Thursday night where you're playing and rock yeah. up. But um, So, yeah, they'll, they'll come out soon, I'd imagine, but we'll wait and see. Yeah. All right. That is, uh, that is us done this episode. It's gone quick. It's, it's been flown through. It's been emotional. It has. It's been, uh, it's been fiery from, from your end, that's for sure. Man, I'm not happy. I'm the one giving out eulogies. You're the one giving out... Um, Death sentences. Yep. Yep. So it's, uh, it's been good. Yeah. Sad day for me, but... Um, it's all right. It's well, all the right. news was just announced about ten minutes exactly before. Exactly right. Recorded. So it's pretty raw. Pretty raw. I mean, it was always going to happen. Um, always new move, but now that it's official, it's, it it makes it feel a lot more real. Um, but yeah, that is that is us done for this episode. Um, as we say every week, make sure you like, subscribe, share it with your friends. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube as well. We are we do release videos. Um, and if yeah, if you want to see our our ugly faces, go to YouTube. Um, Please do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is that is it. Just a, just a quick and a quick tip for listeners and yep. viewers. A good way to do it, and this is what I like to do when I listen to the Pressure Point podcast, is I will watch the YouTube video, mute it, and listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So you get the audio from one and the visual from the other. Clever. Gives us double the views, double the rating. So if you guys want to give us a help, that'd be huge. Clever. There's going to be a lot of people doing that now. I think so. I think it's a trend. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. All right. Well, um, that's it. Enjoy round 22 and we'll chat next week.